Hello everybody, welcome back for the incredible second episode of French fries or whatever. I would never imagine we were actually doing a second episode. I mean, I did the first one last week and then I was like, I'm going to do the second one. But you know, you never really believe it because this kind of project, podcast, whatever, it is very difficult to do something when you're doing your life when you're living your life and you always have so many things to do in school and work and groceries and paying the bills and go out and stay in because there is a pandemic i mean you always have tons of things to do and then you decide to do something and i decided to do french fries or whatever and in the end i did it and it's already second episode and honestly i'm super proud for this because I'm I'm actually doing it and I needed to share this with the world and I tried to do this intro in a kind of more lively way because my friend Paula told me that in the other one I was kind of sad kind of low energy and I was like okay sorry I'm gonna I'm gonna try to improve and this is what I'm gonna do for the rest of the episodes of French fries or whatever just Please give me feedback so that I can try to work on them and improve. Like, I will try to say less time likes. Like, less times like. Anyway, let's start with today. I was thinking during the past week what I'm gonna talk about. And I had a bunch of ideas. But in the end, something happened today. And I think I already had a similar idea. And then in the end... Like, I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to talk about this. So today, I was talking with a friend, and uh, I'm a kind of gym person lately. In the past uh, uh, August, September, October, November, December, January, February, seven months, I became a quite good gym person. And, of course, there are a lot of things to say about it. Uh, it's not easy, there are a lot of issues actually, but it's also something good that it makes me feel better. And so I was talking with her because she would like to start, because she feels like she needs something physical, she needs to reconnect. And I was like, of course, let's go together. And she asked me, why, why are you doing that? Why are you actually going to the gym? Isn't, I don't know, exercising by yourself in the house enough? And he kind of brought up this topic, which is, how do we feel our body? Which to me is something that I discovered in the past years, especially studying acting. Of course, as of today, because we'll never know what the future is gonna uh, bring to us. But as of today, I'm not an international actress, so my stu- my acting studies did not go in that direction, but they were very useful. I still think that they gave me so much. And the most precious thing that I learned was to feel my body. So I will try to explain this a bit. We're like Western, we're part of the Western society and the Western society is fast. It's fast, it's cool, is very tech, is very um, very exterior in the sense that it is very uh, much about the appearances and not about the feelings. Uh, feelings itself became 
kind of became part of your appearances. They they have been merged and mixed with these aesthetics and we don't really know what they are anymore. But more than feelings, we do not know our body. We don't feel it. If you're sitting in this moment or if you're standing, if you're running, if you're doing whatever you are doing, try to realize, to ask yourself, okay, how is my body in this moment? Where is my body? Like, And I'm not talking about mindfulness. I'm talking about physically realizing that we have feet that grounds us to the ground and we have uh, legs that allow us to stand and we have a core that allow us to actually open to the world. Without the core, we will just fall on ourselves. And we see it. We see it with elderly people that at some point our muscles do not work anymore and standing, it, it, it is always more and more difficult. And our hands, actually, that are the, the main connection for us with the world. And we saw now with the corona pandemic how much the, the hands are involved in the knowing process of the world. So whatever you're doing, Try to think about how is your body? What, what do you feel? Do you feel your feet? Do you feel they're actually allowing you to stand? Do you feel them on the ground, in the shoe, uh, in the sock, without a socks? And do you feel them? And do you feel your muscles? That's basically the main reason why I'm going to the gym. Because... I want to feel my muscles because I know that we don't feel them. We are so used to pay attention to other things but our body. And the attention that we give to our body is mainly wrong, mainly based on aesthetics and on expectations that are not realistic. And we lost the connection with how do we feel it physically. Do you feel your back? Does it hurt? Where? How? What kind of pain is it? Can you move your shoulder? How wide can you move your shoulder? What about your wrist? I like I didn't realize the importance of wrist until I started doing some weights in the gym because wrist at some point hurt so much because of weight and stuff and the wrists are so important when you have to do certain kind of movements and I never thought of wrists as something important honestly they're just there it's something that connects the hand with the arm but they're, they're not really important it's just a minor part of my body and actually when they hurt they hurt as hell like you cannot do anything with your arms if your wrists hurt because you cannot, every movement you do with your arm, you're moving the wrist in some way, even though you're not realizing it. And those are so important. And I didn't know it. I didn't know it because I was not thinking about how my body feels. We think about our body in the moments when something hurt. Because we're like, no, what is that kind of pain? You know, when you have like nerves in the 
in your in your neck and you feel them you're like oh that's so crazy painful but before the moment we didn't realize we have a neck and that that neck is actually helping our head to stand during the whole day and the reason why we can smile at someone is because our neck allows our head to actually stay up and then we have our muscles in our face that allows us to smile and this is so much honestly i don't remember how many muscles we have in our body i'm sure that i studied it in middle school or maybe even a high school I don't remember the exact number, but I know it's a lot. And I know we don't realize it. Like, for example, in this moment, I'm sitting in a very weird way. And that's why I'm going to... Okay, now I'm sitting in a better way. And I felt like my body was all kind of shifted and moved. And it was not good for me. But you cannot realize it if you're not used to pay attention to your body when you go bed at night and you feel like oh this position is not comfortable this position is not comfortable which part of your body that position is actually made comfortable or not i don't know to me this is something so crazy because i never thought about it and to me it's always so funny when i i work out and then the next day some part of my body hurts and i'm like wow I didn't know I had that muscle. Like, do you, do, do we really have muscles there? Like, um, in that specific point, I thought it was, you know, one big muscles. But no, we have that little muscles behind our neck that connects with the back. But it's not the shoulder. It's another thing there. Well, like that. Or calves, like you don't realize you have calves until they don't hurt because you're trying to to train them and then they start burning like hell and then you realize, okay, okay, now I know I have them. But we we don't realize that usually. We don't think about that usually. But anyway, this is to say that, buddy, it is. It is important and like we forget about what the body like why do we use the body why is the body even there and i talked before about uh acting and i didn't actually say anything about it but this is what i learned and acting taught me to feel with the skin because you know you always we always think that it's all about the emotion and the feelings and uh, good actors uh, have strong emotions. That's not really true. They just let the emotion flow how they want it to flow. Because, you know, like, it's not that... An, if an actor starts, starts crying and the scene does not require that, that's a problem. But anyway, when you're an actor, when you study acting... You need, there are a lot of exercises in which you just sit and try to feel with your skin. And you touch a plate or a book or a pen, a pen or a candle. And you try to, to, to really feel, you close your eyes and you try to feel what kind of sensation is that? What makes a pen different than a candle? What is that? differentiate them 
or again why is one book different from the other how is the paper how is the paper fitting under our fingers because in the moment when we, when we touch the paper there this is like the kind of philosophical questions that usually you ask like you you go through when you study acting which is is it you touching the paper or the paper touching you and you know and so you go through this that at a first moment it could seem like useless or over over i don't know artistic or something that you yeah you think like crazy people do because they want to to feel like they're actors but in the end they're never gonna be actors and all that stuff but actually it is a good thing because after years even though i'm not like the next hollywood star for now that thing gave me so much in life on how i relate not only to people but also to things to things i i i said things like i was saying things but anyway, two things. H how you connect with the world that is around you. And that's what is important at some point. And that's why our body it is important. And why sometimes we forget to think about it in this way. In a way which is different from, oh, my body's fit, my body's ugly, my body is as I want it to be, my body is not as I want it to be, and all that shit that, you know, we see on social media, and I, on which I, I personally am struggling with, because, you know, representation on social media is like a very broad topic, and we're all exposed to that, and I think that even though we often say, oh no, I mean, I, I, I don't follow that, I'm not that kind of person, uh i i know that that's fake it's clear that that's fake you know even though there is this whole rhetoric about i know i know it does it doesn't affect me i'm more for uh i know but still it does affect me it does affect all of us i think in some certain extent and we have to build a kind of anti antibodies for that but the the reason why we have to build antibodies is because there is so much so so many wrong messages about the body itself but talking about the body so there are a lot of discourses that we could develop from there but recently I was reading a book that actually I finished yesterday and you know when you finish a book you're like super excited with it you're just talking about that book for the next like 2 or 3 days and th then you're going to just forget about it. No that's not true because we never really forget about books. Like good books that we read we're always like oh yeah I mean I read that book it's so great you should read it it talks about this and that and that and so I, I finished that book yesterday, which is like a book by written by Jeanette Winterson, which I think I can say it is one of my favorite authors. She's just, she's just great. Like she writes, it's, it's not just about she writes. I mean, it is about how she writes, but I didn't think about how to describe her, honestly. 
I just thought before recording the podcast that I could talk about her and about the book, but I actually didn't think about how to introduce her. Well, Jeanette Winterson is an English author. She's still alive. She published tons of books, not tons, but a lot of books. Um, she started as an author as 23 years old with, uh, um, with a, a book about her own kind of childhood, teenage years. And then she wrote a lot. She wrote a lot and she's famous because she has this very original kind of writing uh, in which it's not just about the plot, it's about how the plot... Uh, how the plot develops and goes back and, you know, a lot of philosophical discourses in the plot itself, but without being actually um, clear. So you're reading them and you're like, wow, what's this? What's that? And uh, and then you're at the end and you're like, whoa, wait, what? So this happened and the book I was reading uh, was The Stone Gods. And it's a book written in published, I don't know when she wrote it, but I think it was published in 2004, and there is a lot about the body there, and it's a discourse about the body in a very different way than the one we used to do, and so just to give you a background, Stone Gods talk about, um, talk about the possibility of a new world, let's put it like that. It's very difficult, actually, because we have at least three different plots that kind of merge into each other. They, they Let's say they touch each other, but they never merge. But the whole, the whole discourse is about the possibility of a new world. And wh- what did we do as mankind? Why did we end up actually ruining our world? And why do we always do that? That's the thing about the book, you know, it's like, what if we had a new possibility? What if we had a new world? And then with the new world, we probably will end up doing the same things we did with our world. And th- this is, let's say, the in a very super broad terms. But what is interesting it is that, so there are two two main characters. One is Billy, which is the... The, the narrator, and one is Spike. Spike is a robo-sapiens, which means she's a robot, but she has been programmed to auto-develop and to be as close to human as possible, but just the best part of it. So basically, robo-sapiens are, have been made in order to save the world, in order to make decisions the right way since humans did it the wrong way and Spike looks like a person she's actually she's super beautiful super attractive and uh, she has to go through a whole training where she has to learn everything about everything and the person that and that's actually it's super quick because she's she probably she just you just put chip in and she reads everything she's like okay okay now i know all about middle ages about like in every detail and then you like put another chip actually don't exactly remember how was the process to teach her uh things and then you put another chip and she's like okay now i know everything about marxism or whatever but anyway billy is the person 
that has to teach this, teach things to Spike. And in between all these things, there is, of course, also the relation with human words. So to recognize the word and to name things. And what is particular about Billy is that there is this whole thing going through the through the, um, the book, which is, what is even she? She's a robo-sapiens, but she doesn't look like a robot. She looks like us, but she's like the best part of us. What is even the best part of us? And in the first part of the book, the Spike, Billy, and some other characters are on this kind of spaceship going for the new undiscovered world, and there is a whole dialogue between Billy, uh, Spike, uh, another lady called Pink, and Handsome, which is the, um, the pilot of the spaceship. And they're trying to be like, no, yes, they're, trying, they're talking to each other and they're like, oh, yes, I mean, you're a robot, you're not a human, so you cannot really understand this. And so Spike replies back and she's like, okay then what is, what is even a human being? And they were like, uh, the first answer was like, well, we have blood in our veins, you don't have it. And she was like, oh, okay, so if I take the blood out of you, you're not yourself anymore, you're just a thing, right? Like, well, no, not like that. I mean, we have a body, you know, we, we are the body. And she's like, okay, so if I take out your legs, I take out your arms, I take out everything but your head, do you, and, but, and you're alive, would you still consider yourself as yourself? And so the consciousness is introduced like that, because it's like, yes, because we're, we're in our head, we are our awareness of the world and our awareness of ourselves. And then there is a, but but at the same time, of course, Spike itself is aware of things. And the whole argument about, yeah, but humans have a soul, or humans have feelings, it is rejected, because first of all, we don't know if there's a soul, but that's like, kind of known. And second of all, we don't all have feelings. There are people who don't have feelings. There are people that have too much. What does it mean? That we are like more or less human? Because this is the rhetoric, but is it true? What is even human? And so there are certain moments throughout the book when, for example, at the end of the first part, Bill and Spike are trying to save themselves from this kind of ice age which is coming. It's very wild. Like, you have to read the book because we went from spaceship to ice age but anyway just just pretend just fill the blanks and try to understand it but anyway they're running away and spike the, the only thing about spike she's basically perfect she works with solar energy and since the ice age is coming there is no sun and slowly parts of herself die so she she starts living like just uh taking her legs out of her body 
body yeah we can call it body and just leave them there and go on and Billy like hold, uh, hold uh, Spike and then she needs to save more energy so she takes off the arms and then she takes off her uh, chest and the core and everything and in the end she's just her head and there is this beautiful scene of like Spike and Billy they're sheltering in a cage and Spike is just ahead and she's slowly dying because like there is no energy anymore and she sends a signal for help and Billy's hugging her she's holding her in her hands and like she's trying to 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 protect her to give her warmth and everything and that like there where is the human there isn't is it even being human the most important part about ourselves i don't know i don't know anyway this is this is a bit what the, the book told me about the body which is it is what makes us human but if i take my body out of myself I'm still human, but at the same time, the fact that I have a body is important for me to understand where I am. Which reconnects with the stone gods too, because there is one big lesson. This is not really a spoiler. I mean, it's just a reading of the book, which is, in the end, our brain process present in one way and past and future in another way, which means our brain does not differentiate in the way it relates to the past and relates to the future. They're simply not now. So there is the now and there is the not now, which was in the past or in the future is not important. There is the now and the now in which we are how we are. Body, soul, nobody. However we are, we are there. And this kind of of feeling through the body and understanding what the body means for us, besides that thing that we have to show in beginning summer, I think it's important because it allows us to go a bit further, to go a bit beyond those things that we see on Instagram. It's It's just... I think it's just a new conversation and there is another book always by Jeanette Winterson. I think she's very smart. I think like every not not everybody should read her because I think everybody should do what they want. But those are like very, very, very good books that leaves trace that leave traces. And there is another book which is much older. I think it, it's 94, but I mean I might be wrong. And it's called Written on the Body. And it talks about love. It's basically a love story where we know nothing about the character. Like, we don't know the gender nor the name, I think, of the character. Maybe we do know the name, but it's not important. But anyway, we don't know the gender, for instance. And the love story or the love stories through the book are narrated through the body in the sense how how they leave traces like written on the body in the sense that in our body if you think you know there's this thing about yeah but the body re 
uh, restore itself, we lose uh, we lose cells, then the cells just recreate themselves and everything. So our body now it's gonna be completely different than our body in I don't know five months or whatever, and it's fine. But it, this is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that if you think that we perceived our body as our body since we were born until now, today, tomorrow, until we leave, how many things we have written on our body? Everything we went through, because everything we went through was on our body, even if it was something uh, related more to uh, mind and brain and mental health, it is still... The mind is still body. Like, this is something we forget, I think, sometimes. The body, the body and the mind you know, like, the whole philosophical thing, they're still part of the same thing. Then we, we can say whatever is better than whatever, and this is not the, the place where to do that, but they still, they're still there at the same time. And our life is written on our body, and love is written on our body, in the traces that it leaves, good and bad. And in the book, every part of the book is, like, is anticipated by like one or two pages about one like I think it's like one system or one apparatus and how it works like kind of scientifically of course like narrated but through through the scientific point of view and that tells you that what we think it is in our heart what we think what we think we cannot touch we can touch. It is there. And I think that this kind of realization can give so much to us, can give so much to the fact that we can understand so much about ourselves. It's all here. We don't need to do more. We don't need to do different things than what we're doing. We just need to understand, not, not even to understand, we need to realize that we are our body and that sometimes we don't even we don't even realize how we're sitting or how we're standing or when we run how our our body is moving yeah this this was a bit weird as an episode i mean it wasn't weird it was just kind of a bunch of thoughts less uh, <laughs> less l l less clear as i thought probably i don't know i might end up not publishing it no but i think i want to yeah i mean because french press or whatever honestly it's very much about this it's very much about picking topics something that happens and just kind of to reflect upon that and then like Hey, if there is something that you like or that I said and it's interesting, if you would like me to talk about Jeanette Winterson or to talk about other books or to talk about something else, the gym, gym culture, that's a whole thing, or representation, that, that just say it. I think there are a bunch of contacts in the, in the description of the podcast, so just write and we're gonna do it. And I mean, we're still at the beginning, but I feel pretty good. I feel like I like this space. And the coolest thing that I want to say last today is that we have an announcement to make. Because today's topic 
it ended up be very being very related to what we're gonna talk about next week, which is going to be an interview based episode with Randall, which is a very nice and sweet and funny guy, and we're going to talk a bit about his story and how it relates with body shaming and body positivity and bullism and his life and his experience and maybe also how me and him met and I think it's going to be like very 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 funny and interesting and uh, yeah so can't wait honestly to see you there in the next episode thank you for listening here and of course this time too I did introduce myself but I think we're cool